Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Austin. Uh, welcome back to part two of Interview My Mom. This one, she talks more about how she got involved into uh, finding out more about addiction. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy it. We'll catch you on the next one. I don't hold grudges. I forgive people. I may not have people in my life. And it's weird since this, and we're all over the place right now. But since this podcast, I've talked to people that I never thought I'd talk to again. I I didn't judge them. They They did things and I forgave them. But they were toxic for me in my life at the time that I was dealing with thir- certain things. So I'm, I'm a compassionate person. I don't know how to accept help when Kyle passed away this gets to how this is the story of how I got to where I am and in these podcasts but when Kyle passed away you remember we didn't really talk about it we talked about it on a podcast we all went on six years later we talk about on a podcast six years later so what happened me and dad would come home we'd watch the news on tv and what was always on the news it's not as much right now because of the COVID, but drug addiction, the epidemic of opioid addiction. So we literally would watch it at nighttime, didn't know what we were watching, but we watched it. We got pissed off. We got angry. We were uneducated and we didn't know how to grieve and we were grieving differently. I wasn't grieving at all. Like I was just numb to it and I had this yearning like. And I remember you came home, you spoke to a girl at the gym. Yeah, because you're curious. like Right. So you, you experienced it first. You spoke to a girl at the gym who was addicted. Yeah, I would love to get her on a podcast, but I don't, and, I don't know if that's going to happen. And shared her story with you. And you came home just as excited as I came home my first time. And you wanted to talk and share what you learned. Yeah, because it, it was crazy. It it wasn't, I was crazy. It was just, we didn't I, know. like the things that, that came about this. It was like, it was like learning. It was gaining knowledge on something that you had no idea. So like all these feelings you were feeling before you almost put it in a, in a certain sense of like, okay, now this is why, this is why I shouldn't have felt that way. Like I shouldn't have been angry because now, now I know it's, it's a disease. Like I shouldn't be like, well, why did you do that, Kyle? Like, why'd you do this? It's It was more like I could put my emotions in certain places where it actually made sense because I had knowledge on the addiction. Right. And it was just, it was it was like a relief. And I just wanted to keep knowing more and more and more. Like, I could have sat there all night and spoke with her. And you came home and shared with us. And I remember you were like, you're not going to believe this. And the whole time we're thinking, oh, that's weird. Because we didn't know any different from that. And so you had that experience. I forgot how I had that conversation. I started that conversation with her. And I forget how I found out that she was using. But I found out. and You found out from another person. It's just crazy how you come through. Like you meet certain people at certain given amounts. Of, like there are certain times in your life. Yep. It's It's crazy to think about really. And so you had your experience. And so I 
I listened to your story. I still didn't understand what was going on. I still came home, like, lived this life. We didn't really talk about it. We didn't really deal with it as a family. We didn't really deal with it, me and dad. Like, we didn't really talk about it. We learned later that dad had dreams that scared him of people that were using. Like, he was afraid of people that were using. So, you just said about people come into our life for a reason. So I had an individual that I worked with who didn't know. He knew that I lost a son. Someone in the office told him that I lost a child and didn't say how. And I took a walk every day. Every day I took a walk at work. And every day I would get tears in my eyes because this was probably like two or three years after Kyle passed because, and I never shared this with anybody, but I walked at work and every day I would look across the street and I would see the smokestack at the crematory where Kyle was cremated and think about every day. I still do it when I'm working in, and I walk today at work. And I think about what we went through and that Kyle's last goodbye was in that smokestack in that crematory that I could see the smokestack to across the parking lot there and so I would talk to Kyle and I would talk to Kyle on my walks all the time this was two years this was probably two to three years after Kyle it's crazy thinking back to that we literally went six years and it didn't seem that long no but we didn't talk about it so I was doing my normal walk And all the smokers stood on the bridge and smoked cigarettes. And I would walk past them, and most of them worked with me. And this individual just said to me out of the blue, did your son pass away of a drug overdose? And I said, yes. And he said, tell me about your son. What's his name? And I gave him his name. And that's the first person that asked me questions about Kyle. Because after, every, after it happened. Everybody else is afraid to bring it up because they don't want to upset you. This individual was asking me questions and I didn't have answers. I didn't know. And at this point, I knew that his family was touched by addiction. Just because of the questions he was asking. Well, I knew that somebody in his family was touched by addiction because of when we interviewed him for the job. Okay. So I didn't know the story behind it. I just knew that he had some familiar, familiar, can't say he was familiar with addiction. Speech impediment. Yeah, I can't get that out, so I'll just skip it. (laughs) But he had experience with it, and so. That meant a lot to me that day. I'm like, here we are, and we laugh about it to this day because neither of us are smokers. What's the chances of him just being on his break? And we got into this in-depth conversation, and he didn't work for me. He was under another team lead, and he was getting panicked because he's like, it's been longer than 15 minutes. Like, I'm going to get in trouble when I go back in the office. I was so engaged in what he was saying is I said, don't worry. I'll fix your time card. And he's like, well, she's going to notice that I'm missing. And I'm like, no, I'm going to fix your time card. And I was there longer than her. And at this point, I didn't know how strict she was. And we laugh about that today. But I was so intrigued by what he was sharing. 
And that fact that he asked me about my son, like it takes people that know me don't ask me about Kyle. And now I have this person who knows nothing about me asking me about Kyle and sharing things with me. So I was like, okay, like that made me feel better. And I didn't know why it happened. Unfortunately, it made you feel better because you actually talk about it. I could say something and somebody could answer my question. Like he literally said to me, what do you, what do you know? And I'm like, I don't know anything. And so one of the rules that I have is I don't, I don't intermingle with employees that I work with. He had a family emergency. He had to leave the company. Um, He reached out to me probably, I don't know, like a month after he left he filled me in on what was going on with his family and it was drug related. He, he went into some detail and I just sent him a text and I said, I am praying for your family. I'd hope that you don't have to live the life that I have to live. And he sent back to me, you're a good soul. And he got, came back to York. Um, he had to leave town, came back to York and he said, if you ever want to talk or you have any questions, let me know. And so I was excited because I'm thinking of your experience. And I'm like, yeah. this person is going to answer some questions. He's not going to be able to answer all my questions. But I'm going to find out. And I picked him up. He didn't have a car. And I didn't know the story behind him. I didn't know him at all. Other than work, and I don't get, to, I don't associate with people at work, so I knew nothing about him, but I knew that I picked him up. You wanted to find out I, more. I needed to know because this is your son you're talking about. I this needed is Kyle. to know. Like, you need to know what was going through his mind when he did it. Yeah, I need to know anything, and I knew from his application that he worked for a drug rehab center, so I knew that he knew something. And he said, "Your husband can come. Your family can come." Nobody came along like I offered everybody and I went there that first night and he's like, well, what do you think about this? I remember him specifically asking me questions. Tell me about your son. He even asked me, do you know who sold him this stuff? And we talked about, does that person deserve to go to jail? And he gave me the, his theory on that. At that time, I didn't know him well enough. Now that I know him, like I know why he was asking those questions, but I remember coming home that first night and actually saying to you guys in the kitchen how excited I was. And you were standing there agreeing because you've already experienced it. Yeah. And so that's the start of this whole thing. He reached out again. I mean, he even laughed. He said, well, I hope your husband likes me because we're going to do this. Like, we're going to talk about this and I'm going to help your family. He all, always said... I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child. Like he respected me. He didn't try to say, I understand. He always said, I respect you and your husband because I don't know what I would be doing right now if I lost my child. And he meant that. Yeah. And so he emailed me again and he said, if you want to get together again, you know, again, your husband should come or whatever. And I went by myself. And he was explaining to me, like, what happens with people, how and they get into recovery. The reasons why dad didn't want to go was because of the dreams that he was having. These dreams and also 
his fear. He, yeah, the fear, but not only that, but I think that was the majority of it. The majority of it was his dreams that he never told us about this whole entire time. We didn't know anything about it. We didn't it. know anything about the dreams and the fears that he had and the stigma that he was dealing with. Yeah. Because he was afraid that these people were going to tie him down. And you have to remember, he, he has PS... Post-traumatic PT, PTSD. PTSD. So he, he, like you guys listened to in our story, he saw everything. So then again, you got to you gotta remember that. Like he has that right. in, his, in his mind and... It was his own son, so now he's having these dreams that we didn't know about. We didn't know about the dreams and but also, also the stigma. The stigma, but as a family, obviously, six years later, we talked about it for the first time together. So we never we never talked about this thing. So this, right. what I'm trying to get at here is this was your, your, your outlet. This was where you could find out more information about addiction. Right. So you were, you were interested in the whole addiction and how it works and why people do certain things the way they do and stuff like that. And this guy, he kept telling you parts and pieces that just kept making you want to go back to find out more. Yeah. It was like a soap opera. Like, this was I'm your, this learn. was your, this was also your outlet to express your feelings. So you felt like there's someone there that can relate or help in a sense, as far as if I tell my emotions to you, you can, you can basically restate back to me, like how you felt or, what not you know right. what i mean so because he, he could answer the definition behind the person who all this affects in life that it's not just the inner city people he had experience in rehabs he had experience he had educational yeah. knowledge it he wasn't just he yeah. had knowledge about the drugs he would explain the drugs how they worked why people used them so i became intrigued at that point and then we were sitting at the restaurant the one day and he said, you need to go to a meeting. And this is how it all came to be. I said, oh, I can't go to a meeting. And he said, yeah, you need to go to a meeting. And I don't know if you remember, but I called you that night. Yeah. And I said, we don't have internet and we're looking for a meeting. And to top it off, remember, I don't really know him that yeah, well. Yeah, I remember that. You, you called me and you're like, we don't have internet and like... We had flip phones. I was Both like, think, I was thinking to myself, like, why the fuck are you calling me? Because First of all, like, why are you calling me and you're with this dude and you guys don't have internet? Like, we've been, and you're asking me to look up a meeting that I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. You're like, find a meeting such and such here and there. Look we it up. I'm like, Lancaster. I don't even know what to type in. Like, I don't know what you're looking for. And I remember, but the, the funny thing was we both had flip phones and he said to me, you need to go to a meeting. And later we found out. He said, we need to go to Lancaster. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I don't really know this guy that well. And now he wants to go to Lancaster. But That I'm, was your way of telling me, hey, like, if we're going here, then just know where yeah, I'm at. And I'm really curious about this. And I even called dad and said, do you care if I go to a meeting? Just in case something would happen. Because I was... wanted people to know. And I actually called a girl I work with. And I'm like, here's my number. This is where I'm heading. And so we got directions. Again, we had flip phones. And I was so intrigued by what he was telling me. So now I'm in a car with you somebody. You probably don't remember the drive. I remember. The only thing I remember about this drive is it was awkward. And at one point, I had a freak out moment. And I was like, I'm so excited and nervous but what am I doing in a car with somebody I don't know? And I looked at him and I said, you don't know me and I don't know you. 
but I'm okay with death. So if you touch me or try anything, I'm going to run this car off the fucking road and we're going to die. And he looked at me and said, should I be worried? <laughs> because he didn't expect that. But I was crazy to, to put myself in that situation. We ended up getting lost. We didn't have flip phones. We pulled into a parking lot. And he asked some random guy that was loading his groceries, do you know where this street is? We're looking for an AA meeting. And you talk about stigma. I put my head down quick. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He just told somebody we're going to an AA meeting. And we got to this meeting. And I didn't know what was going to happen. But all I had in my head was a show that I watched on TV one time where they were at an AA meeting. They sat in a circle. And they did this chant. So I'm like, all right, I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous. I don't really know this guy. But I want to do this. I think about when, when you talk about meetings, My because I went to one with her and this, this guy. And my first thought was like the the music video for Eminem. It's, I forget which one it is. It's, I forget what it's called, but you, they, basically the start of the video is they're all sitting in a group and the guy's like, does anybody else want to speak? And Eminem stands up and that's when he starts a song. So like that to me was like, that was my vision of what a meeting looked like. Yeah. And that was, I, w- I didn't know what to expect. And so I go in and he's doing whatever. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Cause at this point I don't even care who I'm with. It didn't matter who I was with. It was the fact that I'm going to learn something like I am around. And I looked at a table and I saw Kyle sitting there and I had a freak out moment again because I'm like, Kyle's here and Kyle wasn't there. I may have seen him, but I saw a bunch of people that looked like Kyle, but at that moment, when I looked at that table, he was sitting there with a smile on his face. And at that moment, I was like, I need to Which be here. Which is crazy, because you can you can relate that to the Medium podcast as far as, I know we were just talking about this, is the purgatory or whatever. Yep. The fact that he didn't go to heaven right away. Yep. And he was, he was at that meet. Like you literally said, you saw I him, saw him, but it wasn't him. It was, it might've been him in, in a was vision. Was there a body there? Yes. It was him. It was his smile. It was his hat. But was there an actual body there? Did, did that body yes. disappear? It disappeared. It was there when I looked. So you're saying you saw a ghost. I don't know what I, I saw Kyle sitting there because it's not like I looked away and then looked back and it was somebody else sitting there. Nobody was sitting there after that. Like I saw him. And I froze for a minute and I thought, I need to be here. Like something brought me here. And at that point, I didn't know what was going on around me. I just knew that Kyle was there. And again, I didn't know anybody in this place. And it was getting packed and we were sitting down and he's like, you're going to have to speak. And I'm like, what? And he's like, don't worry, I'll take care. At this time, he was a jokester and I didn't really get what he was saying. And he was joking about it. But literally... He said, this is what's going to happen, and he explained it to me. And so normally they will go into a meeting, and my experience with most of the meetings that I've been to is they'll pick a topic. Most of the time they'll pick a step of the 12 steps. Yeah, if you want to listen about the steps, you can go listen to David's podcast, our cousin. He explained the 12 steps. So they normally do that. Well, this particular meeting... The, the person that was running the meeting was talking about death. And he said, we need to talk about death. We're burying our friends. And the whole meeting was based around death and how they're going to these funerals and stuff. And I'm crying 
the tears are rolling down my face. I have my head down and I'm so listening because one of the girls said in the meeting, I went to the funeral and I looked at the mother and I can't imagine what she's going through and the pain that was in her eyes standing there with all his friends coming up to her. And I could relate because that happened to me. Now I'm hearing that how they feel and they're sharing and they're, they're pouring their hearts out in these meetings and they're telling things that are unimaginable to a person who has no education in it. I mean, you hear some of it on our podcast, the Jackie, you know, they share some of the stories, Dom and Tio, but to the normal person that doesn't know anything about this, the ones that are typically stigmatizing these people, right? Are like, Oh my gosh. And I remember that, that specific meeting. I will never forget how I felt in that specific meeting. And I've been to several different ones since then, but that one will always be special to me. And at that point, I was like, I need to do more. Like, I can help. And, and not after that meeting, but there were several other meetings where topics were brought up that I would actually talk to the people afterwards. I wouldn't really participate in the meeting because that meeting was for them. And I always felt like I was the outside person. And I didn't want to take the time for somebody that may need to tell their story at that point. So I always made it a point not to say anything. But if I said something, it would be afterwards, I would walk up to somebody and say, hey, like, I have the answer to that question. You wanted to know, like, what does a mother feel? I can share that with you. And I just became passionate. And this group of people are like a big, close family. Like, they see each other. They support each other. And I never felt like an outcast. And I remember one time I went by myself for Kyle's birthday because my friend had to work. And I was like, I'm going to go by myself. I know where it is. I'm comfortable. And this is crazy. But I went in and I never wanted to read because I felt like I don't deserve to read. They read the, the 12 steps and they read the 12 traditions and they read whatever. They read a couple things and they always pass it around. So this boy came to me to my table and he said, you can re- can you read tonight? And I said, oh, no, I can't. And he said, yes, you can. And I said, no, I'm new. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I can't read this. This isn't right. And he said, yes, you can. He goes, if you're new, that's even better. He said, we like new people. And I'm thinking to myself, I- I'm not reading this. Like, it's not right. I'm just a guest here. I don't feel right. I shouldn't even be here. And as he was talking to me, it's Kyle's birthday, Another person came over and said, hey, Kyle, and this boy's name, I shit you not, his name was Kyle, the boy that was handing me the paper. And I cried and I thought, okay, I'm going to read this. And I'm just going to, if I have to say that I have to read it, I have to read it. Funny thing is three more girls came in. They sat at the table with me, asked if they could sit with me. I said, sure. (laughs) And I said, are you new? And they said, yes. And I said, well, here, you should probably read this we're looking for a new person to read and I passed it on to them but so I have a special place for that place it's in Lancaster it's a great if you're a listener it's a club in Lancaster they have candle lights on Thursday nights it was my favorite group but I literally felt like they accepted me and that's where it all started 
I started going to meetings and I started listening to stories and I started understanding where did Kyle come from. And at that point I thought Kyle was a closet user in his basement. So I'm trying to figure out why didn't Kyle go get help? Like, was he that bad, that depressed that he couldn't get help? Obviously later through these podcasts, I learned that Kyle was a party user. Like he wasn't the person that I thought was using in the basement. And so that helped me understand more. I remember when Dom shared some of the story with us in the kitchen here. We were, me and Austin were both looking at each other. We weren't shocked. I mean, we were surprised because we didn't know. But what we heard from people didn't shock us anymore. Like, we didn't judge people. Like, that's terrible. How could you do that? Like, we accept it and we're learning with everybody else. We had somewhat of an education. Right. And so this individual friend left the area. And I just didn't feel right going. And so I lost my connection. And then there was dad's issues, like finding out that he was nervous because of a dream that he had. And then it caused different issues there. And so I kind of just like backed away from it. But that's where I learned most of my education before these podcasts was through that situation, that scenario. Austin came with us to a meeting one night. Um, and it was an interesting meeting. Yeah, it was, it was definitely something to experience. And we, we actually had a meeting here. Yeah, it wasn't technically, a, I can't well, say yeah, it was you, an AA meeting, it but wasn't you can a, say. It was like, it was basically one, but it wasn't. Yep. And, uh. Dad was even here for that. Well, he was. He left yeah. for that part of it. Because he still had the, the dream thing in his mind, the yeah. stigma. And we didn't know. Like, all this time, I'm coming home from these meetings, and I'm saying, this happened, this happened. And he would be like, well, that's disturbing. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, these people, I love these people. They're like a family to me. And I can tell you that I connected. I, I actually went to to a meeting on a back porch of a couple guys that were in recovery with my friend. And they were roommates and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to think, what the heck is she doing here? And the power that you have, you don't even realize who you're helping. But we were literally sitting there. The one boy was questioning God. Like one of the steps is you have to believe in a higher power and he's going through the steps and he's like, I don't know if I believe in a higher power. And he asked me, what do you think? Now they know I'm there, but they know that I'm, they don't know my story and I said, I have to believe that there's a higher power because if I don't, I'll never see my son again. And it made him think. He said, wow, I never thought about that. And I said, that's how I survive. Is if I didn't believe in a higher power, I would never get to see my son again. And he, he appreciated that. And he was like, wow. So I helped him in a way and then another roommate was standing there and he stepped away when I was telling my story like why I was there my friend said you know explain to them why you're here tell them your story and so I started to talk about Kyle and the other one of the other people there's about five or six of us there he said I lost my brother to addiction and he was also in addiction he was fighting addiction and he said I understand how you feel about the loss and then another person that was on this porch went in the house. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope I didn't offend him. Like, maybe I shouldn't be here. I always second guess, should I be here or not? And he came out later and he said, well, I lost a family member. I lost a brother. 
and he started to share. And when he walked away, my friend looked at me and said, we've lived together with this boy. He never shared that with us this whole time. And so that was powerful to me. I was like, I might've helped him. Like he never felt comfortable sharing that until I told my story. It's crazy to think about because the simple questions I asked you in the beginning, you said circle was your favorite question. I mean, your, your favorite shape. And to think about it, you're basically full circle. Like you felt like you always had to help people because it, it gave you a sense of feeling that you felt like you had purpose. Yep. So now you're helping all these other people as well. And they're helping me and these podcasts. So you can tell how passionate I am right now. Like I'm gripping this microphone because I love this. This is my dream to help people, to hear stories for success, to know that there's, there's hard days, there's hard days for everybody. But I actually met enough people to understand what Kyle, I never will understand what Kyle in his mind was going through, but I can understand the addiction, the addiction part of it and who it affects, that it affects every person that I've had some of these people say to me, it wasn't your fault. Like I was validated. Like I have people that are in addiction telling me, I'm telling you, there's nothing you did as a mother that you're to blame for this. Even Dom confirmed that in Tio yep. as well. They so there's nothing that you could have done to change that. So I couldn't, I didn't grieve for the first two or three years. And now all of a sudden I have this outlet that I can talk about. And it's a passion that I have. Anybody that knows me when I talk about it, I can't stop talking about it. Like I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate about it, whoever I'm talking to. Like, this is my, when I know I'm going to be doing a podcast and I'm going to be talking to somebody. She like, doesn't shut the fuck up. I love We're it. clearly an hour and 41 <laughs> minutes into this and yeah. she's still talking. But that, that's my story. That's how I got to where I am today. And I love to help people. And So you said you've been going to meetings and stuff. Like, so incorporate how this got started in a way. I know we touched on it in our first podcast. This you was, stopped going to meetings because why? I mean, quarantine was a big Well, I, big I stopped going to meetings. Well, when my friend moved away, I still continued to go to some meetings. And then I just felt like I was an outsider. So if I went with somebody, then I was like the guest. But to go by myself, I felt like I was... Uh, I think we're contradicting ourselves here. No, I, feel, I felt like I loved going by myself, but... Then I came to a point where, do I belong here? Like, You're questioning I yourself. I was questioning myself, do I have a right to be here? Like, this is personal. And I even Googled this stuff. Like, but there's how do people open feel? open and closed meetings. There's open and closed meetings. And that's what saved me because I even Googled. Even Dad and I had this conversation. He's like, you're intruding on a meeting. And I was like, okay, so I used the meeting to understand and I got the grasp of it. So Do you felt you I, I, I I wanted to go, but then I had issues with dad going. Like he felt as though I was replacing everything in my life with that. Yeah. Because obviously, like you just mentioned, the whole passion thing, you can tell when you're passionate about this. And so what you're saying is 
your passion outweighed other things in your life. So I would say, um, and dad's not here to talk and I'm not saying this as a negative, but dad pretty much was jealous. He couldn't understand how I was so passionate about this and that I needed, he couldn't understand where I was coming from with this. And so it it became such a passion of mine that I was, in his words, wishy-washy. Like I wanted to go, but I wasn't sure I wanted to go. And then I would go and then I became friends. And then these friends, I remember one specific time I was supposed to go hear one of these people speak for their one year anniversary. And I would go, I went and that individual relapsed and wasn't at the meeting. And so I sat there. So dad was not just concerned that uh, he was jealous, but concerned for my own, like I would get attached to these individuals and it would bring me down. And so he was more worried about how am I going to handle it? If I lose more people to this disease, if I'm attached to it and something happens, how, how am I going to live with this? Because I was so passionate about it. And again, the the stigma and the dreams he had in his head. Yes. And we did not know about, right. I'm pretty sure if I think if I remember correctly, when we found out about that, it was after the first time we went with Dom, met with Dom and Tio about this podcast. The dream? Or we knew about that before? I knew about the dream before. Okay. I knew about the dream when it became a problem, when Dad was said he was fearful for my safety. And I said, how? Our, my fight and my understanding wasn't there because I didn't know. And I said, how can you say you're afraid of me being with these people when these people are Kyle? And he didn't like when I said that. He goes, what are you talking about? And I said, Kyle is these people. And I wasn't afraid of Kyle and you weren't afraid of Kyle. So why are you afraid of these people? And that's when he said to me, I'm not afraid of these people. Like you introduced them to me. I'm, I had dreams. And so that's when we learned about his dreams. So he wasn't open to it because he had nightmares because of stigma until I related and said, this is Kyle. Like when I'm with people, they're like Kyle. Like there's no stigma there. There's no judgment. Kyle was no better than the, the very people I'm spending time with. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. it took him a while to realize that. So back to how we got here. How we got here is we went to COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID. COVID was a big thing. COVID was huge. We started listening to podcasts together. Again, back to my point. We could either sit there and say COVID was a problem or a possibility. Right. So it gave us the opportunity to start podcasts that I truly believe saved me through COVID. Yeah. I've said it before. If you would have ever told me that we'd be sitting here behind these mics doing a doing a podcast because i am not the the extrovert that everybody thinks i am i'm very introverted well if you've ever seen his tiktok maybe you wouldn't know that maybe i am i'm getting better at at that speaking and stuff like that but yeah this whole podcast thing is it really just came about because i was I, I was listening obviously in covid you have a lot of downtime to do stuff so i was listening to joe rogan Joe Rogan podcast and then 
it, I was going to bed one night and it, it just hit me. It was like, shit, why can't we do a podcast? And then the idea started going through my mind like, oh, we can get this personal. We can have this personal. We can sh- these people can share their experiences. We can get knowledge off this. So it was like back to my my intro, like we're here to educate people. And uh, yeah, because I forget the intro now, but intro, educate people, talk about past and current experiences. And you remember, usually when you kids would come up with an idea, I would be very hesitant before I would say, Oh, okay, yeah, shit, that, that was with everything. I, I always question, but when you said about this podcast, what did I say? I don't remember. I didn't say no. I did not shut you down. I was like, yes. You, I don't remember, but you, yeah. I was excited and nervous to our point of our podcast when we said about people being nervous coming here. You and I took notes. We wrote things down. We didn't know how to start, and we just practiced one day, and that's our first podcast that you listened to. It sucked. Yeah, it was me uh, and you just practicing. The best advice for starting a podcast, I know we're getting off topic here, but the best advice for doing a podcast or anything in general is just, you just got to fucking do it. You Like you hear everybody talks about these motivational speakers, like literally just taking the first step is the hardest. And we did, we did that. We took yep. our first step and we just fucking hit that record button and we just, you just start speaking. And like she said, like our first podcast sounds like shit. <laughs> and it's funny now that we go back and listen to it because we were, the most we were, uneducated we, we people. We were uneducated, but also, like, me, I had the fear of judgment. Like, what are my friends at work going to think about this? I didn't tell them at work for the longest time. They literally just found out probably, like, in the, within the last month. I don't know how they found out, but they did. I guess through Facebook. But it was like, I, I wanted to hide it from them guys. I didn't want them to know about that. And Wait, you didn't want them to know you were doing a podcast? Yeah, You didn't want podcast. them to know that Kyle died, died of addiction? A podcast because okay. I, I like we talked about that in the first episode as far as when when I first went back to work I I'm not going to share too much about this because eventually we're probably going to do a story about me but maybe maybe not but yeah like I shared that with my my coworkers at the time because I didn't I didn't know any different like we weren't educated so I was like yeah my brother died of drugs that's what I told him and then like when I started become educated. I just didn't, I didn't talk about that thing. I didn't talk about Kyle passing away. I never did. Like guys would joke around at work all the time about it. Like, oh, you fucking drug addicts. Like you snorting crack and you're a crackhead. Like you're always working so hard. And would you smoke this morning? And all, I get those comments all the time. But like I said, we're educated now. We don't, we don't let that phase us. Nope. But yeah, like the whole podcast thing, you literally just got take the first step it's it's the hardest step and the fear of judgment's there you just can't let that you can't let that phase you yeah and i mean some people and and we have other podcasts that weren't released yet that touch on that is worrying about their job security and i can't let people know this and things like that it can be anonymous like this is a dream for me and, and I'm so grateful to do it. And I just feel like sharing where we come from is going to help other people. Do you feel like this is work? No. Maybe like for it's... you because you edit them and everything else. The only time it's worked for me is when I come up with yep. the title and a description. They... But do you I believe love in, this. Do you believe in the, the phrase, if it's your passion, it's not work? Yes. Or how's that phrase go? This is my passion. 
and this is not work. Literally today I'm looking at my clock thinking how many more hours till I get to go there. And I came here tonight. I'm not going to lie. I was crying when I got here. There's a situation going on and I was really feeling down on myself. Austin built me back up because Do you think we can we can talk about that situation eventually in in the future? Yeah, I think we can. Like like we said mentioned before that there's always a right time and a wrong time for things to be talked about. So yeah, eventually we would like to talk about that because it, it's a big part of your story. But but the passion, like you even said, is if it's not a good time, like we can do it later. And I'm like, no, like let's do it. And it turned out fine, like because I enjoy this and it takes away my worries and it makes me feel like I'm worth something. And it goes back to maybe my childhood. Like this is, I love to help people. Yeah, so... You got in. The, we got the podcast started. So here we are today. This is this is <laughs> this is our life. And we've helped how many people? And how many people have helped us? It, like, it's it's crazy. It's give and take in this podcast. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because you, you we're the same. We're always good at giving, but we can't receive. Well, even I downplayed it when I was out and someone said, oh, that's Kathy. She's the mom on that podcast. And but I was like, see it's no big deal. I'm like, it's no big. Like, I didn't. I just was like, it's no big deal. I'm just like you. Like, I don't want to take the thank yous. I don't even know how to accept thank yous. When I someone says thank you, I'm like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like, so even in this podcast, we're helping people and I still can't say Thank, when someone says thank you or, oh, you're on that podcast, it's not a big deal to me. It's not about me. I don't want it to be about me. It's never about me. But it is about me. Today it's about today you. Today it's all about me. <laughs> and I shared a whole bunch of stuff, and I think I got to go back and. Like I said, it, it's just crazy how it, your life outcome is based off of how you are raised as a child. But think about this. Everybody think about this. Telling your story. Like, I remember Dom here saying to Austin. Austin's like, well, what's my story? We weren't here. It was through messaging. But Austin has a story. I have a story. Did I ever use hard drugs? No. Was I ever an addict? No. Did I have addictions? I have food addictions. I still have food addictions. I fight it now when I get depressed. Like, I so, just So, yeah, eat. back to so, you were skinny. How did you... Get fat? <laughs> It was us. It was being pregnant. <laughs> I gained 80 pounds with Kyle. I ate and ate and ate. And I was happy at that point. I, I was overweight most of my adult life after I had Kyle. I probably right now am the thinnest that I've been since before Kyle was born. You guys don't want to see the pictures of her <laughs> being pregnant with us, me and Dylan. We were neglected as child. No, you weren't. <laughs> They're going to tell us. He's going to tell a story. They were not neglected as a child. We talked about it. On our, I don't know if we're going to put that one up there, Blair, but we talked about the tornado thing. Yeah. So they weren't, they were not neglected in any way, but, and I, you know, there's a lot to our story that we'll get into. And I just prefer that part of the story that dad be present because it's not our intention to call people out. And to share anyone else's story. 
So when you're here, you can share your story. You don't have to share your story, but our intention is never to call or single out anybody or judge anybody. We believe that if we're going to share a story, that person about a person, that person should be in the room and willing to speak about that topic. And there's a right time for it. And we'll get there. Just like, just like the podcast, we never felt like there was a need to talk about the whole situation in Kyle. And there came a time where it was like, we felt the right time was now six years later. Well, nobody's life is perfect and everybody has issues and people can learn from each other. And stigma is key. Like I just went through my life. How many stigmas did I go through from a young age until, till even today? Like there's still stigma today that I, I feel like there's always going to be that. But there is, but another person, another friend of mine just shared with me last week via Facebook messenger that she had a conversation with somebody. And because we educated on this podcast, she had an answer for that person. And she said she felt good about having that response. And I said, we're not going to win everybody over. We're not going to change the world. But even to put a question in that person who was very opinionated on the topic, to put a question in their mind where they actually listen to somebody and cause them to think even for a minute could possibly change their thought process. And that all came from an individual who learned off of these podcasts. It's what it's here for. It's powerful. It's powerful. I don't know about you, but my eyes, I feel like we've already accomplished. What we came here to do. Yeah. And it just there's needs been to multiple grow. people out there that just reached out. And like you said before that, that haven't, we've never talked to before. Or, I mean, we went to school with them. And they reached out to you and they graduated with me, but it's it's touching a lot of different people. And we have so many more that I want to talk about. Like It's touching people that, that aren't even responding back. Yep. We don't even know who's listening. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. We're just sitting here looking at each other. So thank you, everybody. I'm glad Austin didn't have too many hard questions for me. What's your favorite gum? I don't chew gum. I'm diabetic. What's your favorite food? I already told you cake. I'm going home to have what a kind of cake. <laughs> Coconut cake. What's your favorite drink? Diet Turkey Hill Diet iced tea, green tea. Just like your mom. No, hers was regular. Turkey Hill tea, mine's diet. All right, guys. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, I know it was boring to listen to. <laughs> no, you guys aren't giving any feedback. We want your feedback on things to let us know you're listening. Uh, tell us that we're doing a good job or if there is a like button, hit the like button, comment. Do you have a new Facebook page you want to tell them about? I'm still in the process oh, of, okay. of getting getting that up, but it's going to okay. be... It's not a Facebook page. It's a Facebook group. So it's it's more... So Facebook page, in my opinion, is more based off of a, of a business standpoint. We're not really a business. So Facebook group will be give us a little better interaction with, with our audience. 
So, yeah. That's coming soon. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns. And now there's this new social media thing I just read today, Parlor. I guess it's been out for a long time, but what? people are switching to this. It's called Parlor. What is it? It's a new social media platform. Like it's, Facebook? I don't, I don't know if it's new, but I'm, I'm not going to get into it because it's all political. And why people are going there is because they're haters of one affiliation. We don't talk another. about so politics on yeah. this, this So podcast. we don't get through that, but there is a new one that we might look at later. All right, guys, again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you. Bye.